do we got bad quality waves? I was going to say that has to be the new do we got waves. Is your face Ooh. bad quality? Is yeah, your face yeah. all pixely? Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 <laughs> We're good to go. <laughs> It's Megan. And, and we're in. in. Sure. It is what it is. Man. It is what it is. Literally, I was like, don't don't quit, Megan. Just do it. <laughs> Just commit to it. Because yeah. timing sounded different when we recorded it last time. Like, the time that I fucked it up on Babies or whatever, when I stopped and laughed. It sounded different on that. So I was like, okay, I just got to commit to it, I guess. Yep. <laughs> well. Hello. Hello. We are Hello. back. Yeah, on Skype. Skype. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, we could have waited another week and not recorded on Skype, maybe, but I'd rather just get these episodes done. I was going to say, I'd rather have some quality best friend time when the lockdown is done. Also, yeah. I need to redeem myself at fucking Monopoly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, (laughs) ask them for the money. (laughs) Me and Connor played Monopoly uh, Friday night, and we added, like, two AIs, because we were like, we don't oh, want to no. just play with each other. Yeah. Um, and the last time we did that, we had them on, like, easy. So, like, you could bamboozle them out of the property so easy. You could be like, give me this for, like, $20, and they'd be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but need a time, friend. <laughs> right? This time we were like, maybe we should put them on, like, normal, so, like, it wouldn't be as bad. Um, and, yeah, we got our ass... Asses handed to us by a fucking AI. His what? name was Mike. And <laughs> Mike got Boardwalk and Park Place within the first five turns. <gasps> yeah. No, that's and rigged. <laughs> every, every opportunity he got, he put a fucking house on those boys. Oh, and, God. Uh, Connor landed on Park or er, Boardwalk and had to pay $1,400. <gasps> and then, like, five turns later, I landed on Park Place, had to pay $1,300. And I was like, yeah, we're we're never coming back from this. Oh, fuck God. Fuck. That's so awful. Yeah, fuck you, Mike. Was that on, like, normal or hard? That was on normal. What the fuck? <laughs> is there no yeah. queen? <laughs> well, and so then on normal, too, like, what was cool is they actually initiated trades and stuff, and they would, like, counteroffer. Okay. Um, because when they were on, like, easy or whatever, they would never initiate a trade, and they would, like, 99% of the time say yes. Yeah. Um, but, like, this time I, like, I traded a couple of the guys, and they were like, you give me $20 more than I paid for. And I was like, all right, sir. <laughs> like, okay, sir, no problem. Yeah. But we were like, oh, my God, they're counteroffering. Like, oh, this is so cool. But, yeah, then Mike uh, kicked our asses, so. It amuses me to know that there's a version of Monopoly out there where trades are being made not from, like, pettiness and shit. Because, like, <laughs> anytime I play Monopoly and there's, like, trading going on, like, there's screaming. And there's, like, other people getting involved. Like, it's a whole deal. Well, Connor's pretty petty, too. Like, he... Connor's so, the pettiest bitch. <laughs> I know. He finally got a railroad. To be fair, he's never had a railroad before. So he was, like, really excited to have this railroad. And I was okay. like, fine. 
but I wanted it. So I was going to trade him two properties, like an orange and a green for the one railroad. And I think the value was like, my properties were like $250 more than his one railroad. And he was like, "Mm, I don't know if it's enough. Like, I don't want to do it. I was like, you know what? It's fair. Like the railroads rock, whatever. And then I got another orange because he said no. And he was like, yo, if you give me both those oranges and the green, I'll totally like trade. And I was like, that's that's like $700. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So then, yeah, he's just the worst. He's like, this is what I want. This is what's happening. I was like, no. No. And then he's like, okay, fine. (laughs) But anyways, this episode's not about Monopoly. (laughs) Literally so off topic. Uh, Today's episode is, um, so I'm actually watching Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time uh, ever. And we thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about it as we go and make it up, not an episode, a series of it for the podcast. Yeah, there's so much to talk about in this show. Uh, It becomes, like, more apparent as the show goes on. But, like, as much as it's a kid's show, like, it deals with a lot of political shit, a lot of, like, social economic shit. Like, it's wild the amount of stuff that they put into this. Uh, And, yeah, it's just a really cool show. And they bend elements, which is fun. (laughs) Oh, it's so cool. So... Yeah, we go on to talk about that. We So for this episode, we've only watched the first 10 episodes. Also, I've seen it before. I've watched I've watched Avatar through the full way at least once, maybe twice. And then I know I've watched like book one and two a couple times. Like I've restarted it a couple times. And then I've also seen Legend of Korra. But this is my first time like watching it to really like pay attention and like dig into it a little bit. Yeah. But before we get into talking about that. We're gonna take a quiz to find out what bending style we would be. What what? Whoop, whoop. Uh, I already know what I want to be, but we'll see what happens. I know what I would prefer to be, but I also am pretty sure, just given like random vague knowledge that I have, I know what I would end up being. But I'm curious. I've never like taken a quiz or anything for it. So we both have the same quiz open. The questions should line up also. If you hear a bunch of jangling in the background, that's just Newt playing with the ball. I was going to say, Newt is going crazy. Yeah, I've got, like, a couple balls and, like, mice toys next to me as, like, you know, <laughs> for when it gets bored. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's what I do when I work, too. I just keep a couple toys on my desk, and then when it gets too bothersome, I just, like, pick one up, and I'm like, here, go on an adventure, kid. Have fun. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, we have the same quiz pulled up. We're just going to go through the questions and answer them at the same time. Hopefully they line up, and then we will find out our bending style. And we'll, and we'll link it. this quiz in the description, yeah. so if you guys want to take it with us, feel free. Feel free, yeah. Oh, that's cute. Take it at the same time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to start with the first question? Sure. Uh, how would you describe yourself? Focused, free-spirited, dynamic, strong. He, I want to say free-spirited, but it's, I'm not... There's no way I'm fully <laughs> I would say dynamic because I, I flip back and forth between being like super, super focused and then like super care to the wind. I was going to say the same thing. I said click. Is yours not clicking? Oh, oh, oh. I had to click on the, the actual word. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, oh, and then it. Hey, it looks like you've already started this quiz. What in the fuck? Oh, scroll to the next. It clicked free spirited for me. Hold up. Hold on. Hold on. What is happening? Start over. Dynamic. <laughs> scroll to the next question. Thank you. Okay. What is most important to you? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, um, knowledge, freedom, harmony, or stability. Oof. I feel like it would either for me be freedom or stability. I feel like stability can, well, no. It can bring freedom, but it doesn't always bring freedom. Yeah, I'm going to say freedom. Um, I'm going to say harmony. I feel like I'm looking for that balance again. Oh, thank you so much for letting me actually click the thing this time without issues. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> Uh, which of these astrology sign groups is your favorite? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's my favorite. Okay. So the first group is Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. The second is Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. The third is Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. And the fourth is Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. Well, why don't they have Aries and Pisces together? Right? <laughs> and, like, weird. Connor's sign is with Gemini and Aquarius. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anyone that's Gemini or Aquarius. <laughs> And, like, chances is Capricorn, so he's with Taurus and Virgo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Garrett's a Taurus. Wait. Yeah, Garrett's a Taurus. My mom's Eric, a Taurus. Eric's a Gemini, I think. I feel like Emily's Will's a Gemini. Will's a Sagittarius. Will's a Sagittarius? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Either that or Jesse is, but I'm pretty sure it's Will. I feel like that's kind of off-brand, but... I can't remember. Is it weird that I know this many of my friends... Zodiac signs. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm I'm gonna pick Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius because it's got my fucking sun sign in it, and yeah, I I don't know how to judge the rest of them. I don't have like everyone's like, oh, I hate Leos, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck, man. Yeah, I, I also I know forgot that you could see Newt in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are definitely signs that I know that I don't like, but then there's this people that are the same signs that I love, so it's like I can't judge a sign. Um, I'm just going to choose the one with mine, which is Pisces. Yep. Uh, what is your greatest asset? Intelligence, loyalty, love, or stability? Ooh. I guess loyalty? I was going to say I... <laughs> I'm, I not lo I'm not stable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, nope. smart, but I don't know if my intelligence is my greatest asset. Definitely not for me. Yeah, I'm going to go loyal. I love hard, but, yeah, I'm, I'm loyal. Sometimes my love comes out in weird ways, so let's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which of the following is your worst trait? Uh, I can be extremely sensitive. I can be very lazy. I can be temperamental. I can be quite stubborn. Ooh. Ooh, is mine temperamental or stubborn? Hmm. Because the stubbornness comes out more when I'm being temperamental. <laughs> right? It's a double-edged sword. I'm gonna say temperamental just because like I'm I'm pretty quick to flip on that. And then once I do, I'm like <laughs> Um, I'm gonna say sometimes I can be too sensitive. So I'll do that I can one. I see that. You yeah. Sweet water sign you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what color are your eyes? Are they hazel slash green, brown, blue, or gray? Gray. Wow. Okay. 
Gray eyes are awesome. I'm just surprised that's actually an option. Usually, like, they just put the norms on there. So that's cool. Well, for any listeners that didn't know, mine are green. Literally, when Rosie was doing our um, our logo, she, like, messaged me. And she was like, what the fuck color eyes does Morgan have? Because, like, I can't tell. And I just, like, scrolled through your Instagram and grabbed a bunch of pictures. And I was like, they're green, but here's some references. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, my, not going to lie, I love my eyes. And they, like, change a lot. And they're different. Yeah, I love them. But they're green. They're very nice. Thank you. Um... Are you going to tell the listeners what color your eyes are? Oh, they're blue. They're kind of hard. It's hard to mistake that, but. Yeah, they're, they're blue. I don't know how else to describe them. Everyone's like, oh, my eyes are like azure blue. And I'm like, blue. Right? <laughs> I got like a dumb little green spot in them somewhere, which I found out uh, recently is a version of heterochromia. It's just not full heterochromia. And I'm like, well, that's kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have. Partial heterochromia. I want two different colored eyes. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, right. Ugh. Whatever. Uh, what is your favorite season? Summer, spring, winter, fall. Fall. Smash that fall button. Smash. <laughs> um, what would be your dream job? <laughs> dream <laughs> job. CEO. I haven't decided. <laughs> Doctor or architect. What a vague question. <laughs> and, like, with such basic bitch answers. And, like, okay, doctor and architect are pretty specific. CEO, I could be the CEO of literally any company. I could make my own. I'm going to pick CEO. I want to be a boss. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like I haven't decided isn't quite, like, I'm just looking to climb that ladder, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll do CEO, too. Fuck it. What part of your country are you from? That's interesting. Uh, west, south, north, or east? Um, I guess we'd be south. Yeah. We're, like, like so close to the border. It's not even. Yeah. Far. And, like, we're we're not in the middle. We're a little more east, but we're definitely south. So I don't, I'm yeah. just going to go south. Yep. Um, what is your favorite color to wear? Orange, white, blue, or green? No black. <laughs> right. Um, uh, since working in an office, I have learned that I gravitate towards a lot of blue shit. So blue, I guess. Yeah, I'm torn between blue and green. I'm trying to think of like what I've got. Well, no, green. I'm digging that weird green color lately. Yeah. Uh, which of the following would you do in your spare time? Read a book, drive around town, go for a swim, go for a walk. Why isn't there record a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Um, if the weather's like proper for it, whenever I have spare time, I would definitely say go for a swim. Right. Like if I had full access to a pool and like the weather was good, I'd literally be in it all the time. <clears throat> yep. I can't attest because you wanted to come over to my house all the time last summer. Ken. Yep. Um, if I'm being honest, probably read a book. Good. You need to finish that book. <laughs> I'm so close now. I You're, like, blasting through it. I knew that once you really got into it, it would be, like, fast time. Because I feel like that's how that book is, is the first, like, little bit is, like, just so much. And you got to kind of 
drive through it all but oof, it's so honestly good. if I could change anything about that book it would be that that beginning part would just be a little bit later on like I kind of wish they got into the the story part before mm-hmm. they kind of explained all that stuff because it's like all this it's like context info that you need but like it makes no sense to me until we get into the story I kind so of fucking like, love it because it's like here's all this shit you don't understand have fun and you're like what the fuck literally but like that's why it took me so long because I was like I have no idea what's going on <laughs> like fuck <laughs> like oh I just need to keep reading okay yeah okay uh which pet would you want a dragon a sky bison a whale a blind ma- uh, blind badger mole this is so fucking specific <laughs> this is really specific uh I- the D nerd in me wants to say a dragon but I definitely say a sky bison just because I fucking love appa so much I was gonna say before watching the show I would never pick a sky bison but I love appa um and like that flying buddy I mean I guess a dragon flies too but they're a little less uh socially acceptable that's <laughs> fair like. honestly uh I fucking grew up loving free willy so I'm gonna say a whale that's kind of awesome yeah could you imagine and, just having a whale that you could ride through the fucking ocean god damn also those answers are way more specific than you think because of something I'll explain later and I find it really funny that they picked whale okay um, oh the next question is yours sorry where would you take a vacation? Desert, mountains, beach, forest. Take me to the mountains. Yep, that was an easy answer. Because, like, I can go to the beach whenever I want. I can go to a forest. We live in the Niagara region. There's lots of that shit around here. Desert, fuck that. Ain't about it. No. Take me to the mountains. Yup. What is your favorite food? Burgers and fries, sushi, ice cream, anything vegetarian. Again, what strange options? And like no pizza, no pasta. God damn. Um, I'm gonna pick a burger and fries, I guess, because that's like food. I'm gonna pick ice cream. Nice. Yep. <laughs> I was tempted to pick ice cream. But I was like, uh, just love me a good burger. That's fair. What was your favorite subject in school? <laughs> Physics, art, math, I hated school. <laughs> Okay, Uh, I'm going to pick art under, like, you know, the art categories, like, all of them. I was going to say, like, I didn't specifically love visual art. Well, that's kind of a lie. I actually really liked my grade nine visual arts class. I just didn't go forward in it because I wasn't good, but I actually really did enjoy it. Yeah, I took so many arts classes. I took one art class, and I took it because I had to take it before I could take uh, photography. Exactly. And mostly I napped. Really? Did you have Wacolich? A little bit, yeah. Nice. Uh, it, just to kind of briefly off track that, he was a very firm believer of like, if you want to fuck off during my class and not do your work, fine, fuck off during my class and don't do your work, you're not going to get the grade. Uh, and then I wrote like five, ser- no, no, no. I wrote like five essays for him, like after exams ended, because he said if I could like give him a properly done essay, uh, he would up my grade. So I gave him five and he was like, oh, <laughs> That was a challenge, and I was like, yep, and then I passed art. (laughs) Oh, my God. I actually can't imagine you just not – like, you're pretty artistic now, so I can't imagine you just not wanting to – I just don't like to draw and shit. He was like, find a magazine picture. The only thing I did in that class that I liked was this one project where you had to find a magazine picture and try and recreate it, and I spent, like, most of the semester recreating this picture of a cheetah in a tree, and it still wasn't great, but I was like, dope. That's the best 
painting I'm ever going to make in my life. If I get I a literally, bikini, maybe. In my grade nine art class, like, I don't even think I really drew much. Like, we did a lot of cool shit. We did, like, silk printing. I did, like, a bunch of coloring stuff. Um, like, Okay, I do remember the the silk printing. That shit was pretty cool. I hated doing, like, the wooden stuff, though. Like, I couldn't think of a pattern to do. And I was like, can you just give me a pattern? And he was like, no, you need to make it yourself because it's creative art. And I was like, I can't. My brain doesn't make stuff like that. Like, if you gave me a pattern to do, I could do it. But I, I, I don't know what to make. Nowadays, I'm like, I'd make a moon or some shit. But, like. True. Back then, I was like, I don't know what I like. Oh, Megan. Oh, Megan. Oh, my God. We're only halfway through this quiz. Holy shit. Oh, um, oops. <laughs> which superhero is your favorite? What the fuck? Jean Grey, Storm, Aquaman, and Petra. Who the fuck's Petra? I was just going to ask you. I have no idea who Petra is. We'd have to phone a friend for Dane. Um, I'm going to pick Storm, I guess, because she's kind of a badass. I was going to say, between those options, Storm is the best. Yeah. What the <sighs> fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Which of the following would be in your dream home? A fireplace, an outdoor room, a pool, a rock garden. Ooh, I want all of those. Right? Um, all I mean, of the above. <laughs> a, a pool, I guess. But if it could be in an outdoor room so that I can use it all year round, that'd be cool. I was going to say, I, I'm totally going with an outdoor room. Nice. Uh, which uh, oh. oh god, which of these sports is your favorite? Soccer, ultimate frisbee, basketball, or karate? Holy fuck! What? Else? Um, I've only played soccer and basketball. Um, so in in my elementary school, for some dumbass reason, ultimate frisbee was like a really big deal. Like they made us play it all the fucking time. So I'm a little wow. just because I played it all the time. But it's literally frisbee golf, and like it's frolf, yeah. Throwing a frisbee is already hard enough. Throwing it to hit a specific target is bullshit. Just saying. So I'm gonna say karate. Yeah, that's fair. You might I think that's the much. that's the coolest one anyway. So yeah. Sure. Like I wouldn't sit there and watch soccer or basketball if like someone's like, hey, you you gotta watch one of these for. I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna watch some people fight. Yep. Uh, what is your preferred form of travel? Motorbike, plane, boat, walking. Uh, I'm gonna say plane because it's fast. That's fair. I'm just saying boats because I like boats. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Not a big fan of motorbikes. Uh, how would you handle a difficult situation? You'd make sure that others see where you're coming from. You'd explore all the options before making a decision. You'd keep an open mind. You'd stand firm and not change your mind. Wow, that's probably... Really... <laughs> Sorry, what? I said this got really specific. Oh, I know. Um, I'd probably stand firm and not change my mind. Uh... I'd probably just make sure that others see where I'm coming from. I'm still not going to change my mind, but I'm going to try and convince you that I'm right. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what do you do when you're angry? Say mean things, run, scream, hit something. Say mean things. <laughs> <laughs> Say mean things. <laughs> um, honestly, I usually, um, like, when I'm angry, I don't, like, unless I'm ranting to, like, someone else about it, I don't usually say mean things to, like, the person I'm mad at. I, I kind of, like, shut down and, like, take my thoughts, think about shit before I go back to them. Um, so, like, I almost want to say run, because, like, that's... I was going to say, I feel like probably run is the closest. Yeah. 
I, I don't say mean things to them, but like, boy, do I go off in my head sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it gets nasty. <laughs> uh, if you were attacked, what would you do? I'd counterattack and keep attacking. I'd defend myself, then run away. I'd counterattack, then ask questions. Uh, I'd defend myself until I'm able to attack. Um, I mean, if I have the physical prowess, too, and, like, I'm not currently living in my body, uh, I'd counterattack and keep attacking. I would counterattack, then ask questions. Fuck that. I'm going to take you down first. <laughs> <laughs> you attack first. You lost your chance for questions. That's fair. Uh, in your group of friends, which friend are you? I'm the smart one, the funny one, the peacemaker, and the leader. I don't like this question. I don't like this question either. Is Why isn't planner an option? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Schedule the mom friend. keeper, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like we're both the peacemaker and the leader, but only because we're leading a bunch of idiots. Yup. <laughs> and we have to be the, like, no one wants to be the leader. I'm going to pick peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best be one. The you know what? No, I'm going to be the leader. All right. That's fine. When do you feel the most comfortable? When I'm out with friends, when I'm exploring a new place, when I'm helping others, when I'm alone. Um, when I'm exploring a new place. Yeah, same. I that feels weird to like say that I feel more comfortable, but like I like that shit. Yeah, it's fun. Oh god. Which of the following <laughs> is your favorite singer? Beyonce, Rihanna, Kanye West, or Taylor Swift? I have to say Beyonce. I was going to say, I'm going to say Beyonce out of this, because I think out of the most of them, she's got the most songs that I'll, like, jam to. Yeah. Oh, my I don't, God. I don't really like any of them, but. Oh. Oh, boy. Which of the uh, following is your favorite author? Uh, J.K. Rowling, Toni Morrison, E.L. James, Stephen King. I feel like I recognize E.L. James' name, but I don't remember anything that they've written. Yeah. I feel like I'm obligated to say J.K. Rowling just because I love Harry Potter, but, like, I haven't read anything else she's done. And, like, I've tried to read Stephen King before, and, like, I just couldn't. Yeah. I'm going to pick J.K. Rowling. Same. Because <laughs> if I can't remember what, like, if fucking, um, if Patrick Rothfuss was on there, I'd be, like, done. But <laughs> yep. I don't know what books the other two have written, so. Oh, my God. In the world of Harry Potter, which house would you be? I'm Slytherin. Gryffindor. <laughs> Um, which superpower would you choose? <clears throat> Superhuman endurance, uh, flight, healing, telepathy. Ooh, flight. Mm -hmm. That's a toughie. I kind of really want telepathy. Do it. I think telepathy. <laughs> nice. See, my true answer isn't even on there, but that's fine. Ooh, yeah, neither is mine. Uh, this is going to be interesting because you don't know a lot about these. Uh, which subgroup of bending is the most interesting? Lightning redirection, spiritual projection, blood bending, or metal bending? Blood bending sounds terrifying. It is. <laughs> Jesus. It, it's horrifying. Um, I'm, I mean, not knowing anything about it, I want to either go with lightning or metal uh probably metal 
cool. I'm totally going bloodbending because it's some sick fucking shit. Actually, no, lightning. Lightning. Uh, you terrify me also. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you could choose which type of bender you would be, which would you choose? Fire, oh, air, water, earth. Oh, this is the last question, too. Okay, so this is an interesting one. So which one would you choose? I would choose water. Yeah? Yeah. I would choose air. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I you, I know you haven't seen much of it yet, but, like, airbenders are versatile as fuck, and they're fun as hell. Oh, yeah. Look, It would look, it just seems awesome, but I gotta go with water. Yeah. All right. Oh, <gasps> shit. Oh, my God. What did I'm you get? Bender. Aw. <laughs> cute. I always thought I'd be a waterbender. I got earthbender. Ooh, that makes sense. Given yeah, you're, you're standing firm and not changing your answer, that makes sense. Right? All right, okay. do you want to read your, your thingy? Yeah, so I got Earthbender uh, because you are quite grounded and always stick to your beliefs, which makes you come off as stubborn. Yeah. Uh, you are tough and you handle difficult situations very well. You're very wise and people often look to you for advice. You provide stability for your friends and family and perseverance is very important to you. Wow. Called it. Yeah, right? I was like, okay, this this makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so you are an airbender. Your fun-loving, restless, and adventurous nature can make you come across as a bit of a joker. You enjoy your freedom and not being tied down to physical possessions. You're very friendly and enjoy the simple things in life. People tend to trust you and always believe in, oh, and you always believe in second chances. That's fair. Okay. That's interesting. I love that you got what you wanted. Yeah, that's fun. Yay! Aww. Well, now that we've figured out what bending types we are, I have like a little bit of information on each of them before we get into the actual episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, so airbending is the first one I have. So airbending is the art used by the air nomads. The Oh, the flying bison were the original airbenders. So this is a bit of avatar history you haven't gotten into yet. Three of the types of bending were actually created by animals, and one was not, and that one is water, and the original waterbender was the moon. So I find it very funny that they said dragon, water bison, badger mole, and then a whale. <laughs> oh my god, that's but so yeah, funny. yeah, the original waterbender is the moon, or the wow. moon. Yeah, it's sick. I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But So the original airbenders were flying bisons. Um, it concentrates on speed and evasion, forging a strong offense or foregoing a strong offense for a greater defense. Though apparently lacking in fatal finishing moves, it is the most dynamic of all the bending arts. As the element of freedom, airbenders use their capability to bend unencumbered by the ground or any other environmental factors and use their own momentum as a weapon, evading attacks with astounding agility to tire their opponents out or building up massive inertia for explosive gusts of wind to make their counterattack finishing move. Uh, when resorting to physical confrontation, airbenders are able to harness their immense intangible power of wind as it is always available unless of course you're in like a sealed off chamber in which case you're dying anyways because you can't breathe uh <laughs> can use a flight technique by operating a glider which you've obviously seen already and yeah. use the air around them to provide thrust and lift air air bending is represented by fall that's the other thing is they all have seasonal thingies oh, okay. uh, the fighting style of airbenders is based on i'm so not going to pronounce this right 
Ba Gua Zhang, which is an ancient version of what we see as modern day Tai Chi, and it's focused on slow and purposeful movements and this circle walking technique, which is basically circling your opponent and striking when available. So all the bending things are also based on different fighting styles, which is kind of cool. And you'll see that more as the show goes on. Earthbending. Uh, earthbending originates in the Earth Kingdom, and the first earthbenders were the badger moles. It demands a special connection with the Earth that is achievable with neutral Jing, which is basically Jing is a thing in the show where you either have negative Jing, where you're defending too much, or positive Jing, where you're attacking too much. And then neutral Jing is listening or seemingly doing nothing, which I believe King Boomy gets into later in the show. Um, like waterbenders, earthbenders gain an advantage or disadvantage in battle based on the amount of earth around them, though the conditions are not as extreme. Because of their element stability and its stress on neutral jing, earthbenders stand their ground, absorbing or intercepting attacks, attacks until they can completely overwhelm their opponents. Unlike the other bending arts, earthbending's strength equally lies in both offense and defense. Earthbending is a stark contrast to airbending, as airbending's emphasis is on evasion and mobility, while earthbending emphasis is on fortitude and strength. Earthbending is represented by spring. Uh, their fighting style is modeled after Hunga Kung Fu, which is a subsection of Kung Fu, which translates to immense fist. The fighting style <laughs> focuses on stance and strength. Yes. <laughs> We would be good uh, partners. We'd be a good team because I could like fly around and fuck people up and you could stand in the center and take. We'd be a good bending team. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, so water bending is practiced by some people of the water tribe, a versatile element. It is unique in the sense that the original bender of this element was not an animal, but rather the moon. Similar to their element, waterbenders are extremely adaptable and versatile. Waterbending concentrates the flow of energy, focusing less on strength and more on turning the opponent's own energy against them. While a bender's victory in battle depends on their skill and ingenuity, waterbenders gain a serious advantage or disadvantage depending on the amount of water around them. Although highly skilled waterbenders can draw water from anywhere, such as humidity from the air, and bend the water in living things, such as plants. The elements That's so of cool. Yeah, it, it gets wild. Um, as the element of change, waterbenders can fluidly and quickly alternate from defense to offense, from a wall of ice to a jet of water, turning their opponent's strength against him. You already said that. Due to its lunar sympathy, waterbending is stronger at night and ineffective during a lunar eclipse when the, or when something else happens that I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> However, to counter waterbending's ineffectiveness during a lunar eclipse, waterbenders gain immense and incredible power during the peak of the full moon. Waterbending is represented by winter. The fighting style is based on Tai Chi Chuan, also known as Supreme Ultimate Fist. Uh, <laughs> it is an internal martial practice, meaning it is in focus on internal strength and is both for defense training and health benefits. I love that. That's super cute. Also, um, Metal bending is a form of earth bending. Lightning redirection is fire bending. What was the other That's one? Fair. Oh, the spiritual thing is like another avatar thing, I'm pretty sure. And then blood bending is from water bending. Oh my God. Yeah, you're like bending the water in their blood. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just wait till we get there, man. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> fire bending. Fire bending is used by the people of the Fire Nation and is the most aggressive bending art. Dragons were the first firebenders who subsequently taught the sun warriors how to bend. 
For a long time, disciples of firebending were taught to be fueled solely by hatred as opposed to the original source. As the element of power, firebenders have, have to be able to maintain a constant source of energy and balance in battle, unleashing a volley of direct and successive attacks. Unlike other benders who depend on external sources of their element to bend, firebenders can create fire using their internal heat source in addition to controlling any already existing flames in the area. Skilled firebenders are able to fly using powerful jets of flame. Due to its solar affinity, firebending is stronger during the day and it's at its full power at noon, but completely ineffective during a solar eclipse. When a comet passes over the planet, the power of a firebender is greatly increased. Firebending uh -huh. represented by summer. The fighting style of firebending is modeled after Northern Shaolin Kung Fu, which generally emphasizes long range techniques, quick advances and retreats, wide stances, kicking and leaping techniques, whirling circular blocks, quickness, agility, and aggressiveness. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, you'll see like as it goes on and as they introduce more benders, like just the different ways they move their body when they bend, like water is very like doo 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 back and forth and then earth is very like strong and forceful and shit. It's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool already, honestly. So, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah that's good to know I almost kind of wish I knew that before watching but like I'm glad that I know that now going like to the point that we're at going forward it'll be good to know mm -hmm. wow all right that straw made a weird noise yeah it's I got a, a water cup it doesn't have water in it right now it has watermelon juice in it because I bought juice also but it's watertight oh damn that when I suck on the straw, it, like, makes that suction noise. Yeah. So, also, though, I got a silicone straw so I could chew on it. Because <laughs> I'm a child. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I'm chewing my straws. <laughs> awesome. But anyway. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So let's get into the episodes. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that I love about the episodes is that, like, each season is a book. And mm -hmm. each episode is a chapter. I just love yeah. that. It, I love it so much. Yes. So chapter one, The Boy in the Iceberg. So uh, these are, by the way, these summaries are just like, I watched the episode and took a couple minutes after the episode to just like write out what happened. So this is in my own words. So if you find something that's not accurate, just let me know. Um, so there was an avatar that mastered all four elements, but disappeared when the fire nation attacked. Some believe the cycle is broken and the avatar is gone. Katara believes they will return. That was like the little thing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So then Katara and Sokka come across a huge iceberg that has emerged. And when it breaks, a boy comes out. He is noticed as an airbender. He goes back to their village with them. And the next day goes penguin sledding with Katara. They cut. They, came, or they come across the Fire Nation ship, and while they're on it, Aang comes to the realization that he has been frozen for 100 years. Aang is the boy. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, and has missed the war that has been going on. When trying to leave the boat, they hit a booby trap, which triggers a flare. This signals to the Fire Nation where the Avatar is. So that is the first episode. Wicked. Um, so... I don't know how much of this actually needs explaining, but to the whole, there was like one guy that mastered all four elements type deal. Basically it's that person. And then whenever they die, they're reincarnated into a new person. And then every time he's reincarnated, he's reincarnated as a different bender. So I think it's earth, water, fire, air. So the last 
bender that was alive that they know about was ah was it roku roku thank you i was like i need to scroll down it's a later episode roku and then he died and then they knew that he'd be reborn as an airbender but no one who, who knew who he was yet and then they're not supposed to tell the Avatar until they're 16. And they told Aang when he was 12 for some reason. I can't remember if there was a reason or not. I, if there is, they get into it later. Um, and then he basically freaks out and fucks off and accidentally ends up drowning and freezing himself. And then yep. the world goes on. The Fire Nation fucks shit up. Yeah. hundred years have gone by. Yep. Oh, my God. Those cute ass seals. Oh my god, they're so cute. The animals in this show are the fucking best. Like they're all weird like chimera combinations of things, but the seals, man, they're so cute. Oh, I'll get into my favorite uh animal later, but oh my god. Um I love like so when Aang comes out of the iceberg and he like wakes up, they're all like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And he just like he blinks for a minute and then he goes, "Can we go penguin sledding?" Yeah, and he's, like, totally chill about it. He has no idea. He's like, cool, we're in the Arctic, let's go penguin sledding. Legit, he's just so cute. Um, also, like, Sokka and Katara just make me laugh from the get-go. Like, they're a classic brother-sister. Oh, my God. My note, literally, word for word, is Katara and Sokka's relationship is classic brother and sister. Wow! <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they're hilarious. They're so um, and I just wanted to note that the first episode within the first five minutes was already super intense. Like, the show does not fuck around. No, it really like, does not. Yeah. And it doesn't slow um, down either. <laughs> right? Um, you saying that the Flying Bison was the first airbender makes total sense now, seeing that Appa has the same arrow oh, on his head. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense now. And then they taught the humans how to do it. Yeah. Um... When uh, Aang is, like, telling them, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I can fly with my glider. And Sokka's like, last time I checked, humans can't fly. Like, Sokka's... <laughs> he's so, like, aggressive about it. I know. He's so, like, oh, I love Sokka. He's like, who's this man rolling into my fucking village? Yep. Oh, my God. Catching the penguins was cute as heck. Yeah. Like, they, just, they just grab a fish and they all swarm him to yeah, get the like, fish. Yes. <laughs> so cute. Also, I love the the grandma in the village. She's just like, call me Grand Grand. And I'm like, ah, Grand Grand. I, lo- I love Grand Grand. Um, great. And so I love how, um, like, Aang, who is the avatar that wakes up from the iceberg, um, I love how he's, like, he's basically, like, a cap. Like, he got frozen for decades and yeah. woke up and is now, like, oh, my God, I miss, like, 100 years of my life. Um, and Katara was like, well, it's actually, like, a good thing. Like, you know, you miss most of the war, and now you can come in and help us. And then Aang's like, well, there is a good thing. I did get to meet you. I was like, oh, oh, he's so cute. Dead. Right? Uh, uh, I don't think I really have anything else for the first episode. Yeah, that's all I had to. Okay, so chapter two, the Avatar returns. Dun, dun, dun. So the Fire Nation goes to the village to seek out Aang to find he's not there. Sokka tries and fails to defend the village, and just as a huge fight is about to break out, Aang comes back to save the day. On a penguin, might I add. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he is about to fight with Zuko when he realizes that the fire can get spread uh, quickly and doesn't want the children in the village to get hurt, so he surrenders himself to save the village. Katara and Sokka, with the blessing of Grand Grand, go mm-hmm. after Aang with Appa to save him. 
Aang doesn't make it to his cell because he uses his airbending skills to fight all of the guards on the ship. He has a final face-off with Zuko, where Zuko pushes him off the ship with fire, ship with fire, and Aang falls in the water. Um, Appa catches up to the ship as this happens, and Katara calls out to Appa when he's in the water. When she does this, he awakens in the water and starts waterbending to defeat Zuko, and, like, his eyes get all glowy and stuff. Um, after the battle, they decide to go to the North Pole to master waterbending as the first step to Aang becoming the Avatar and stopping the war. Dun-dun-dun! Yes. Uh, oh, man, I have a couple things from this one. So this is your first, like, big intro to Uncle Iroh, and I fucking love Uncle Iroh so much. He's one of oh, my yeah. favorite characters in the show. And when he's teaching Zuko to fight on the deck, um, and he's, like, basically chastising him being like you can't just be angry like you need control or whatever he says uh the breath becomes energy in your body and the energy leaves your limbs and becomes fire and i was like iroh love you he's the best honestly he's He's an excellent firebender and one of the few firebenders that's figured out how to bend on not just anger at this point in the show right um so before the fire nation actually comes to the village um (laughs) so uh they basically are like oh my god like you guys signal to the fire nation like they're gonna come and get us and uh ang's like yeah we boobied right into the booby trap (laughs) (laughs) we boobied right into it (laughs) oh my god i love that that kind of feeds into the quote that i have and i think i don't actually know if it's from the first episode or not i didn't separate my first few notes by episode for some stupid ass reason um, but it's when they're penguin sledding and Katara's like, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And Aang's like, you are still a kid. The show brings that back so many times where like, you're watching them do all this shit and you forget that they're literal children. Yeah. And like every so often they just like throw a little thing like that in there. And you're like, oh, like, damn, they're just kids. Well, I forget so often that Aang's just a kid, but then he quickly reminds you. Yeah. He's 12. Like. He's 12 years old. Can you? I don't even know what I was doing at 12. I was in grade yeah. 6? Yep. Yep. I was doing nothing really I was proud of. Nope. <laughs> Say that. I was probably reading Twilight. Thinking oh my about God. that time. Yep. Um, oh, the other note that I have from this is the way that Aang fights, and like this is where I start to get really into airbenders, is fucking brilliant. Because he hardly ever actually attacks anyone, but like... He smacks Zuko around in the room and, like, hits him with the mattress and shit and, like, blows the other guards back into the wall and, like, just ah, beautiful. I love the way that he uses, like, well, yeah, when he's on the Fire Nation ship and he just, like, blows and the air pushes him and the guard all the way back Mm -hmm. to the end of the hall. It's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then, like, when they're all running down the hall towards him and he just, like, whoop, like, runs around the (laughs) fucking wall. Yeah. Prince of Persia's their asses. Oh my god, it's so cool. Exactly. Um, oh, I also love that Katara and Grand Grand's hair matches with the mm-hmm. little the little pieces. The little so pieces. Cute. There's so much like detail put into the character design of these people, and I love it so much. Like the aesthetic of this show is just so good. Yep. <clears throat> um, I love uh Sokka's water boomerang. It's super cool. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing, too, is Sokka throughout this whole show is not a bender, and, like, it's very obvious, and this boy holds his own. Like, he wrecks some shit up, as yeah. we've seen later on, but, like, he he does good. Sokka's a good boy. Yeah. 
I love it. Um, let me see. Appa finally flies, which is awesome. Because yeah. the first episode, he was, like, too tired. What'd he say? Up, up. Yeehaw. <laughs> yip, yip. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Love it. Um, I also compared Aang, uh, his glowing eyes and shit, to, like, going Super Saiyan, basically. Like, that's what it seems like to me. I can't remember if they explain it in the episodes we watched, but it's basically him going into the Avatar state. So it's just, like, an elevated kind of thing. And that's why he's able to waterbend so good, even though he, like, straight up doesn't know how to waterbend yet. And that's why Katara freaks out, because she's like, uh, I thought you didn't know waterbending. And he's like, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, that's all I've got. I'm just reading through. There's, like, a few things that I wrote, but some of them just went into the summary. Oh, I love that Sokka got to hit Zuko in the head with the water <laughs> boomerang. Oh, my God, right? Like, throws it off. Does all the yeah. other shit, and then it's just like, <laughs> yeah, in the back of the head, and he looks so bad about it. You're like, yes, Sokka. Yep. Um, and then at the end of the episode, Sokka's like, I'm just a guy with a boomerang. Like, I didn't ask for any of this shit. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you are Sokka. Too bad. Yep. Uh, oh, so when they're escaping on Appa, Aang he's like, I never wanted to be the Avatar. Like, I didn't ask for this. And I noticed he had a very emo moment over the sunset. It was, like, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, the show does that a couple times where you're just like, ah, uh, just stare off into the sunset, kid. Yeah. <laughs> got your whole life ahead of you to hate this. <laughs> you're only 12. Yeah, you got so much time left to be angry. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing I had was he was like, you know, so we're going to go to the North Pole and start waterbending, but, like, we have some very serious business. And he looks at the map, and he's like, so we're going to go there and ride hopping llamas and then surf yeah. on fish and then ride on hog monkeys. Like, oh, my God. And you're just like, and there's the 12-year-old again. <laughs> exactly. It's so cute. Okay, cool. So, chapter three, the Southern Air Temple. So, on their way to the North Pole, they stop at the Air Temple. Katara warns Aang that the Fire Nation probably invaded and killed everyone at the temple, but Aang doesn't want to believe it. Uh, he goes to the sanctuary because he believes he's ready to meet someone that can help him on his Avatar journey, which, like, one of his mentors told him, you find out in a flashback, when he was, like, before he died. Uh, he has a moment with Roku, uh, the bender before him, where, like, the statue eyes glow, like, his eyes glow glue in the last um episode and then his eyes glow and they have like a moment um and then uh a lemur comes in <laughs> oh, uh, no. egg chases the lemur and the lemur brings him to where his master gyatso died with a bunch of fire nation dudes um and gets upset and starts to airbend dramatically question mark which <laughs> Now I'm like, okay, he was in his avatar state. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> uh, Katara talks him down by saying she knows how losing family feels and that her and Sokka are his family now. Uh, meanwhile, Zuko returns home to fix the ship and doesn't want anyone else knowing that they have a lead on the avatar because he wants to find him for his honor. They were very vague about this. Like, basically, just like they kept throwing out comments like, you're exiled and you need this for your honor and... It gets explained later, but I was like, okay. Um, the crew gets interrogated by the Fire Lord, and they let slip that the Avatar, that they had the Avatar, but he escaped, and that he's a child. The, oh, it's not the Fire Lord, sorry, it's the Commander. Yeah. Uh, the Commander wants, yeah, 
The commander wants to take over the search, but Zuko challenges him for the opportunity. They duel, and Zuko defeats him. Uh, the commander is a sore loser and tries to hurt him while his back is turned, and Uncle Iroh saves him. Yes. Love. Uh, this whole thing is excellent. I know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so can we just talk about how, like, when they find the helmet in the snow, and she just doesn't want to tell Aang, and I just like, <sighs> Katara. And Sokka's like, literally, you can't defend him from this. Or, like, you can't protect him from this forever. And she's like, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try. Like, I can do it for as long as I can. Yeah. Um, and then I think this is one of the first moments when, like, I was first watching the show when Momo leads him to Gyatso's body where I was like, oh, they're showing, like, dead bodies up in this show. Like, there was piles of them. Also, can we talk about how many dead Fire Nation people there were to one Gyatso? Like, he kicked ass before he died. Just saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. Literally, Uh, it's a whole room of Fire Nation people and just Gyatso. Just Gyatso. And none of them are close to him. So I feel like maybe he, like, kind of kamikaze himself for a little bit, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then he (laughs) airbends aggressively or dramatically, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's just when he gets like super emotional and shit, he goes into the Avatar state. He can't control it. Yeah, because he's twelve. <laughs> but Katara, we're your family now. Ugh. I know, and like so, when they're on their way to the um, Air Temple, like she's like, you know, like the Fire Nation probably invaded. There's probably no one there. Like whatever. She's like, you know, the Fire Nation killed my mom too. And I was wondering where the hell their mom was because they mentioned their dad went to go fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, the mom was just nowhere to be seen. It was just Grand Grand. So I'm like, oh, my God, the Fire Nation killed their mom? Like, fuck. Yep. Ugh. I'm pretty uh, sure it was in, like, that first attack where that ship got there. They attacked the the southern tribe. And then that's when their dad left to go fight. Yeah. Um. Also, so they get to the Air Temple and... Uh, Aang's like telling him all about it it's like oh there used to be water, like flying bison everywhere and lemurs and it just looks so dead now and he's all sad uh-huh. um, and Sokka's like so uh, how do you play airball like just to cheer him yeah. up and I thought, I thought that was so cute um, uh, yeah and I like that like as much as they're like oh hey Katara's trying to like protect him Sokka's like uh let's get your mind off it like what what can we do that's like fun yeah, so, like, literally later when it's, like, we're your family, it's, like, they bonded so much in so little time. It's so it's sweet. It's like, three days. <laughs> I know. It's so cute. It's adorable. Yeah, they are precious trio. I love them. Yeah. They are my new golden trio. Well, uh, they're, like, another golden trio. <laughs> yeah. You'll see, um, actually, I noticed in my next summary, I just start calling them the gang. Oh, like, they're just a little gang. Yeah. I love it. They really are. And, like, they more people join them, and then some people leave, so the gang works. Um, and then, yeah, that fucking, uh, the Agni Kai with Zuko and Zhao, oh man, oh man, and I, I was trying to look it up, but Google was being a total asshole, I don't think Zhao is related to Zuko, I think he's just the the general or whatever, um, Mander Zhao, but yeah, when he loses and he goes to fight him, but then Zuko goes to fight back too. And Iroh's like, no, dude, like you won this shit respectfully. Don't taint your victory with this bullshit. This guy's a child, clearly. Like, put yep. yourself above him. And you're just like, mm, Uncle Iroh up in here slapping wisdom down. Oh my God. I fucking love Uncle Iroh. He's the best. He's excellent. Um, He's like this nice little old man. Right? 
Um, I thought the uh, flashback with Yatsu was super cute. Um, because oh they God, like <laughs> literally like they have this like heartfelt moment of him basically being like, yeah, like because uh, they're like maybe they made a mistake by making me the avatar or whatever and they're like no the only mistake they made was telling you at 12 before you were 16 I don't know about that but like whatever like you know we'll, whatever yeah you'll get there like Roku will help you once you're ready and then he was like okay you're gonna help me with these cakes now and they airbend the cakes into the other monks and it's yeah. like yes it's and it, it's cute because it shows and I'm pretty sure um Zuko makes a comment like you wouldn't know about fathers because you're raised by monks or whatever and like obviously the conception or the yeah misconception or whatever I guess is that they're like they're serious monks and whatever but like that kind of shows where Aang got his goofy side from where like the monks the monks were monks but like he was also a goofy motherfucker yeah it's super cute oh yeah so and then at the end of the episode when Aang's like well Momo and Appa like we're all that's left of the air tribe and I'm like ah dead yep it's it's rough. Well, and something else I was gonna say about Momo. Uh, Momo's my fucking favorite. First of all, like I, I thought, love him. I thought I loved Appa, and I do love Appa, but just Momo's my favorite ever. Um, shithead, you're gonna love him even more as time goes on. Like he's so great. And like, so Sokka was like complaining because Aang used the fire or used the food to make fire, so they had no food. So Sokka's like, fuck, I'm so hungry, blah, blah, blah. So when they get into the Air Temple Sanctuary, I loved this. Sokka was like, statues? Yeah. Where's the meat? <laughs> like, yeah. he was so hungry. Um, and then Momo and, shows up. <laughs> and then Momo shows up and later brings him food. And I'm like, oh, Momo! Yeah, because they, like, chase him down. Then he brings him food. And I'm like, oh, you're so cute. And his little, like, chirpy noises and stuff are so cute. And also the fact that he can fly is super cool. Yeah, because he's a bat and a lemur. Got yeah. a little bat wings. Seriously, so it's it's amazing. He's so precious. Um. Okay. Perfect. So I think that's all I had. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did say the firebending fight was sick. Like kung fu mixed with fire. It was my yeah. Note. Exactly. <laughs> like and it's like so watching cool. that would be like watching like a sick ass kung fu fight. Yeah, it was super cool. Okay, so chapter four, the warriors of Kyoshi. So the gang ends up at Kyoshi Island to ride the elephant koi, and Aang almost gets killed by the Unagi, uh, which is like this really cool, like, serpent water thing. It's crazy. It's like a hydrogen. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Warriors take them back to the town thinking they are Fire Nation, but Aang proves that he is the Avatar and once knew Kyoshi. Uh, The town worships them, and Aang lets all the adoration go to his head. Sokka learns that the warriors are girls and learns an important lesson about gender equality. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Fire Nation hears that they are at Kyoshi Island and comes to capture the Avatar. They fight and the town starts to burn down, so the gang leaves on Appa to try and save the town. And at the last minute, Aang dives into the water, tames the Unagi, and in turn, the flames of the town, because he uses the Unagi to, like, douse the flames yeah so fucking cool sick shit kiyoshi island is boss so kiyoshi is oh i'm pretty sure she was the avatar the earthbender before um roku possibly i'm not 100 percent sure where she lies in the like lineage but um 
they had this like huge statue built of her. They basically worshipped her, which was super cool. Yeah, so she was the Avatar before Roku. So okay, she's cool. the, the Earthbender that came before Roku. So they they worship her on this island basically. And once they found out that Aang was the Avatar, they were like, oh shit. Um, and it's it's so cute because they're standing in front of the Kyoshi statue and it's like Aang and a bunch of the little girls. And the one little girl was like, you are really pretty. And I'm like, that's kind of hilarious. Like he's literally looking at a statue of himself, but as a woman, like hundreds of years ago. I actually did Great. catch that. That's so cool. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's, that's so odd. And they like clean up the statue for him. It's so yeah. cute. I thought, uh, yeah, their whole greeting for Aang and them into the village is super cute. Um, fucking Sokka and the warriors. I can't remember the actual warrior's name, the main girl. They totally say it. I can't remember it. But yeah, uh, him being taught by the warriors of Kyoshi was so freaking funny. Like, I just can't handle that whole thing. Well, they get taught. And what's funny is like, she's like, fine, I'll teach you, but you have to follow all our traditions. And he was like, okay. And she's like, I mean, all of them. So they paint his face and he has to wear a dress. And he's like, seriously? (laughs) Um, and, th- and she's like, it's a warrior's uniform. Like, you should feel proud. It's not a dress. It's warrior's garb. And then Aang rolls by and he's like, nice dress, Sokka. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so And I'm funny. like, you absolute children. <laughs> yup. Um, but I also love, um, so the thing with the warriors, too, is like, so they're, uh, the fire, when the Fire Nation comes, like, they're all, like, fighting and kicking ass and Sokka and the leader have like a moment where he's like um you know I treated you like a girl when I should have treated you like a warrior and she responds with I am a warrior and then kisses someone on the cheek and is like I'm also a girl yeah like I am both I am both you don't need to separate them they can be the same fucking thing and Sokka's like oh shit well and like especially in the beginning of the episode because like Katara's sewing his pants and he's like you know, Aang, don't bother her when she's sewing because, like, women need to sew. And she's like, the fuck does that mean? And, like, he's like, he's women like, are just better at sewing and men are better at, like, you know, fighting, fishing, getting food, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, suck my dick. Yeah, literally, she throws the pants at him with the hole still in it. And he's like, wait, no, I'm sorry. F- f- fix my pants. And Aang's like, where we're going, you don't need any pants. And they're <laughs> like, what? And then he gets into his bathing suit and fries the koi fish. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, um, the show's really good for, like, sprinkling that little like just a little off comment or something from someone in the gang to like make that overall theme relevant later in the show so oh, yeah it's awesome um when they give um when they give the gang like the feast and momo's like in there eating everything and like guarding his food like don't fucking touch yeah, my don't food fucking touch it. <laughs> and then they're treating appa like a king they're like brushing him oh, and yeah. like he, uh, he loves it it was so good um also the guy painting the portrait all of his commentary killed me yeah he was painting the portrait of ang with the girls so he's like okay i'll do this portrait whatever he looks up oh and a girl's there okay i'll looks back up oh another one's there okay well i'll just add and it's just like until there's a huge group and he's just grumbling about like holy fuck there's so many people here why do they keep changing (laughs) it's so funny um Oh, and then when Aang uses the fans with his airbending, I was yeah, like, yo, so cool. it was so cool. 
I love the idea of the fan blades in fighting anyways, just because that's sick. And like when she's talking about it, she's like, the fan is like an extension of your arm and stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. And then, yeah, Aang gets them and starts airbending. And I'm like, yo, those things were made for an airbender. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. Which I find ironic since Kyoshi was an earthbender, but whatever. Right? Um, but yeah, the, 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 I think the biggest thing that happened in that episode was when they were leaving and then Aang dives into the waters and tames the Unagi. I was like, damn! Yeah, everyone's like, yo, he just like grabs his little mustache hairs and he's like, let's fucking go! <laughs> Legit. Oh my god. Uh, but I think that's all I have for that one. Yeah, that's all I've got. Cool. Okay, so chapter five, The King of Omashu. Yeah. So they stop at the city of Umashu and, oh, but they make Aang wear a disguise in case the Fire Nation hears about their stop. Uh, they find out about, sorry, they find out Aang used to visit his friend Boomy and do mail slides, which <laughs> if you haven't seen it, won't make any sense, but there's no other better way to explain it. Um, and he wants to do one last one before the North Pole. So on this mail slide, things go wrong and he destroys the town and his disguise which I knew was going to happen. Like, oh, yeah. I, literally, I literally have a note and was like, oh, the disguise is flying off. Like, <laughs> As they're going. Yeah. Uh, the king finds out he is the Avatar and forces him to do challenges to prove himself and also threatens the life of Katara and Sokka with Creeping Crystal, which is terrifying. Yep. Uh, at the end of the challenges, Aang finds out it was Boomy all along. Uh, Boomy wanted to make sure his friend remembered to think outside the box for his challenges ahead. Which I thought That's was super episode. cool. Yeah, I love this episode so much. The whole male slide thing is just funny as fuck. They do a little flashback with Aang and Boomy when they're kids. And, like, Boomy's a weird-looking little kid. He's got, like, this one squinty eye, and he's got, like, these weird teeth and shit. And you're just kind of like, the fuck is this kid's deal? And then everything happens, and then you see the king, and you're like, hmm. Like, I don't know if you caught on right away to it, but I saw the eyes and I was like, oh, I definitely how old would you have been like, I definitely did not catch on because I legit thought that like the king was just an old man and that's why his eye was like that. Like, I, I really didn't even make the connection. I, I feel like my brain saw it and just kind of like raised a question mark at it, but it didn't really was like, oh, it's Boomy. But then when he was like, when Aang was trying to figure it out and he was like, what's my name? I was like, oh. Oh, he's just fucking with his old friend. That's cute. Yeah. That's right? Cute. Yeah. And then, like, when uh, he figures out that it's Boomy, and Boomy's like, you haven't changed at all. And he just hugs him, and he's like this giant old man and this tiny kid. And I'm like, how does that feel to live, like, a hundred years of your life? And I don't know if he knew that Aang was the Avatar, so I don't know if, like, he knew that he was dead or whatever, but just never seeing your friend. And all of a sudden, he shows up a hundred years later, and you're like, what? Well, yeah, like, when they bring them in to, like, hopefully get arrested by the king, and the king's like, just throw them a feast. It's like, he's, like, staring at Aang, and it's like, he's recognizing his friend, and he's probably in his head, like, is this really Aang? Like, is this actually my friend that I thought was dead? Like, you can see the gears turning, but, like... I'm like, okay. So, like, that all clicked after, but, like, when I was first watching, I thought maybe he was just figuring out he was the Avatar and, like, fucking around. But once you know it's Boomy, it's, like, it means a lot more, because he's, like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, ugh. I was just making sure it was my friend. And then you find out that the Creeping Crystal is actually candy. It's rock candy. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. 
Yeah, it is hilarious. But, like, at first, it's literally, like, these little rings of crystal that gets put on and just, like, grows and grows and grows until they're engulfed in crystal. So, like, at first, you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) And, like, this is the Earthbending Kingdom, or this is an Earthbending Kingdom. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised of them having something like that that exists. Yeah, exactly. Um... Oh, I loved also, like, so when the on the mail slide thing, when they got off the track and were going through the town and, like, destroying everything, at the very, like, uh, at the very front of the town by the doors, there was, like, this mini army, and he was like, be prepared for anything, and then it goes a freeze frame of the three of them in that bucket, just like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Also, the thing that I love, and, like, this is a spoiler, but it's not a spoiler, the Cabbage Man. The Cabbage Dude. Man is a reoccurring thing in this show, and I yep. fucking love it. And I completely forget every time that that's the reason that they actually get arrested is because they destroy this dude's cabbages, and he's like, I want recompense for my fucking cabbages, yo. Literally, I'm he. they got arrested for malicious destruction of cabbages. Mm-hmm. And the dude's like, behead them! One head for each of my head of cabbages! Yes, yeah, each head of cabbage. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm tracking when we see him from now on, because, like, like in these episodes, once I saw him, I was like, okay, he's gonna come back. He's, like, he's a comeback, like, so funny. And, like, I'm sure you've seen memes about it, too, and it just didn't click what the fuck it was. You're just like, no. what? But, Literally. yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, and what's what's cool about this episode, too, is literally, like, like Aang ends up saying, he's like, for each challenge, I had to not think the way I normally do. I had to change my way of thinking to get through it. So, like, he has to get through a field of, like, stalagmites and stalactites, I guess, um, and, like, get through to this hanging key. And every time he goes through, there's, like, water coming through, and he can't, like, get to the key. So he's like, yeah, I love Booby. He's like, yeah, just go through, like, head on. That will totally work. Oh, <laughs> but totally it work. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he ends up breaking off one of the stalactites and air bends to, like, get it through, which is, like, smart. But it's, like, something you have to adjust to. And, like, mm-hmm. the second one was to, like, he's like, you have to say Flopsy. And you think it's this little bunny, but it actually ends up being the big monster that you think is going to kill Flopsy. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, God, okay. Yeah. And then the duel with the chosen opponent, he chooses... Uh, he chooses the king instead of the other two. And he's like, oh shit, all right. He's frail as fuck. And then he takes off his cloak and he's just big buffled, man. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so fuck good. earthbenders, man. What the hell? And like, okay, the Boomy and Aang fight, though, was so cool. Epic. Like, he, he gets stuck in quicksand, uses his airbending to get out, and then directs the earthbending stuff back at Boomy, and then makes a self-made tornado? Like, yeah. Whoa. Crazy <laughs> so shit. Cool. The bending yeah. fights in this are oh, art. Yeah. Art. And then, like, when uh, Boomy's like, what's my name? Sokka's like, well, he's an earthbender, so it's probably Rocky. <laughs> and I love how, like, Boomy's kind of close. <laughs> like, that's true. <laughs> you're close, Sokka, but not quite. Yeah, Katara's like, that's our uh, backup. But let's plan B. Yeah. <laughs> I also, the best part of the episode for me was he gets to do one last male slide with Boomy. Yeah, that's super cute. It was super cute. Did you have anything else about that one? Nope, that's all. Cool. Uh, So chapter six, imprisoned. So the gang makes it to a village to get food by following a kid who was earthbending. They find out his name is Haru and he goes out to secretly earthbend 
uh, because the Fire Nation stole his father for earthbending. Uh, the Fire Nation has the village captive. They've been taxing them, like overtaxing them for five years. Um, they use their coal mines to fuel their ships, which is crazy. Um, Katara and Haru bond over losing their parents to the Fire Nation, and in their way back to the village, they save an old man from an accident um, by Haru earthbending him out of a mine. Uh, the old man gives him up to the Fire Nation, and Haru is stolen in the night. Katara gets purposely arrested to save Haru and finds out all of the Earthbenders have been held captive on a ship for years, including Haru's father. She inspires them to fight back, and with the help of the gang, all of the Earthbenders are rescued and they go off to save their villages. Katara's mother's necklace is unfortunately left behind and found by Zuko. Ooh, important notes for the future. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, so my, my first note is just in caps. More earthbending! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I The biggest thing for me in this episode was, um, like, Katara's a Gryffindor through and through. Like, oh, for sure. Her bravery and courage is astounding. Like, once Haru gets captured, she, no second thoughts, is like, I need to get arrested so I can find out where he is and get them out of there. Mm -hmm. and Sokka's like whoa what the fuck like maybe chill for a sec <laughs> it's chill yeah um but I love when they like they make a ruse to like basically like pretend Katara like earthbending and they think Momo is the one earthbending <laughs> literally one of my notes is just the quote that lemur it's earthbending no you idiots it's the girl oh of course <laughs> <laughs> of course that makes of course. sense <laughs> of course it's the girl not the lemur god yeah. Um, also, Haru's father is super cute. Uh, oh. Yeah, when Katara gets there, and he's like, here, have some dinner. And she's like, ew. And he's like, it's not as bad as it looks. And then she has some, and he's like, it's still pretty bad, though. It's still pretty bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, classic dad. Legit. Um, Katara's amazing speech at the ship prison. Uh, yeah. It doesn't get anyone excited to fight. What the fuck? Yeah, I just... She gives, like, three different motivational speeches in that fucking episode, and every time it's like, guys, come yeah. on, come on, only let's go. One, only one that ends up working is the last one, which I guess is the one that counts, but I was like, literally, she gives this amazing speech, no one, like, does anything, and she's still like, nah, I gotta keep on with these guys, like, they need yeah. to be free. And I was like, oh, Katara! Oh. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. My Literally, my last note from this episode is just, Katara is a fucking beast. <laughs> Legit. Um, I love when the Fire Nation guys are like, oh, we saw, like, a flying buffalo, and he was a flying buffalo, and he was like, yeah, it's a flying bison, I think, and they were like, he's like, buffalo or bison? He's like, <laughs> like, I don't, what's the difference? Like, he's like, I don't know what the difference is, and he's like, of course it matters! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, also, they're genius, because they, like, they, um, literally, like, uh, Aang, air, earth, not earth bends, fuck, air bends all the coal out of the ship onto the deck so they can all start earth bending with the coal, which is just genius. Yeah, I feel like part of the episode I forgot they were on a ship because one of my notes is, seems silly to arrest a shit ton of people for earth bending and then keep them all in the same place, dot, 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 question mark, question mark, question mark, and then I have a note later that's like, oh, right, they're on a boat. <laughs> yeah, legit. 
So yeah, they um, end up, uh, they purposefully keep them on a boat because they're like, haha, there's no land out here, motherfuckers. But then they forget that they need the coal that they mine from literally their town to legit. run the ships. Yeah, I to- mean, and to be fair, until Aang came around, they had no way to get the coal. So like, I get yeah. what they're thinking, but like, yeah, as soon as they get a hold of that coal, they're fucked. Um, <laughs> and then them putting the guy out over the water, and he's like, no, wait, I can't swim. And then he's like, okay. don't worry, I hear cowards float. Yeah. Burr, burr, burr. Like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> like, damn. And, like, the way that, I don't know why this captivates me so hard, but the way he's, like, he's got the earth, and then he just, like, and then it just drops. Like, the way they move just, ah, gets me so good sometimes. And you're right, like, the way that they move is really specific to how they bend. Mm-hmm. It's like really Earth, cool to see the distinctions. Earthbenders are really, like, in their feet and, like, strong stances and, like, physically pushing the things. Waterbenders, like, use the momentum that's already there. Earthbenders just go flippity-flip in the air. <laughs> flippity-flip. Flippity-flip. Aang's really our only, like, example of it, so. Yeah. And he's a 12-year-old <laughs> boy that doesn't, like, stay still, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I felt so bad when Katara's mother's necklace was oh, left behind. I'm like, so literally earlier in the episode, she's like, this is all I have left of her. And then, of course, at the end of the episode, it's gone. She's like, this is all I have left of her, and it's not enough. And then she loses it, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's rough. Rough. Oh, the only other note I had was uh, Momo picking up all the weapons got me so hard. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, going around picking up all the rifles. I was like, oh my god. Momo, little shithead. Yep. Anything all right. else? Nope. That's okay, all for that. Chapter 7, Winter Solstice Part 1, The Spirit World. Ooh. This episode was fucked. <laughs> yup. <laughs> so... The gang comes upon a forest that has been burnt down, but they find acorns to show that life will grow again. An elder from a village sees Aang as the Avatar and asks for help to save them from the evil spirit monster. I don't know if there was a name. That's what I've been calling it. Um, no, they just kind of said forest spirit. Oh, oh, there was. It was uh, High Bay Spirit. Okay. I think... You can keep going. Okay. Uh, Aang agrees, but really has no idea how to save them. Uh, Sokka wants to help, but ends up getting captured by the evil spirit monster. Uh, when Aang tried to rescue him, he touches Sokka's hand, and the spirit monster and Sokka disappear, and Aang falls to the to the ground where the burnt-down forest was, and falls right in front of a forest bear statue. Uh, he wakes up in the spirit world, and meets Roku's spirit guide, which is a dragon, and learns that when the solstice comes, he will be able to speak to Roku. Um, he awakens to the real world and is able to save the village by seeing the monster's spirit, which is the forest bear. He explains to him that the forest will grow again, and the forest bear is satisfied with that and lets his captives, including Sokka, go. <clears throat> Aang tells the gang he can speak to Roku on the solstice, which just so happens to be tomorrow, on the Crescent Island in the Fire Nation. Woo! Yes. Going to the Fire Nation. Oh my god. Um, so a couple things. Uh, I thought it was really cool. First of all, the Roku spirit guide was a dragon. Yeah. Um, I also, there was something in there that I wanted to say about the spirit world. I don't remember. It'll come back to me. 
Um, uh, the spirit is called High Bay. It's also known as the Black and White Spirit. Ah, there you go. That's that makes sense. sense. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, it protects the forest, comes in, and Sonic screams all over the place because it doesn't know that it was the Fire Nation that fucked its forest up and it's just taken revenge. Yeah, and he like tramples some of the buildings in the town and it's like, hey, 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 like chill. <laughs> We're good. Um, also in this, which I think was missed, but that's okay because it's just kind of like a little side thing. Um, Iroh is kidnapped by the Earth Kingdom and is taken, well, they try to take him to Ba Sing Se, which is the first mention of Ba Sing Se in the show. And I know you don't know what that is yet, but it's a really great town. Uh, but I love when he's like soaking in his little like spring and he's like, come on in the hot spring. I heated it myself. And then he just like, Psh, and I'm like, that's dope. I literally, I do have some notes about it, but yeah, I totally missed okay. it in the summary. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I literally have a note that's saying the firebender can make their own hot tub. Like, yeah, that's noise. Sick. Noise. <laughs> yeah. Noise. Um, the other thing that was kind of crazy was, so yeah, they kidnapped him and they have Iroh on the back of a horse. And as they're going, uh, Aang is riding on the dragon in the spirit world and Iroh can see this. Yep excuse me <laughs> like I have questions uh, that probably can't be answered yeah but I have is very much not what you expect from what you see from him in the first couple episodes and I feel like this episode does a bit of hinting at that because when Zuko eventually finds him and they fight the guys and he's like it's five to two you're outnumbered and uh, Iroh's like yeah but you're clearly outmatched and they just fuck them up and he yeah. like swings the guy around on like a fucking chain and I'm sitting there and I'm like that's a, the weight of a full man like yeah. how strong are you Iroh yeah I literally Iroh's crazy <laughs> fucking yeah. crazy love him he's a sweet old man and shit but he's mad powerful well and when he gets captured what I I wrote down what they called him I was so, gonna say, I can't remember what they call him so they were like uh this is the fire lord's brother dragon of the west once great Iroh. And I'm like, what? Dragon of the West? What? And they, uh, they mention that in one of the battles of Ba Sing Se, they laid siege to it for 600 days. That's over yeah. two years. And then he's like, yeah, I got bored. And I left. Because the, the guy is like, oh, Ba Sing Se is impenetrable. Like, you gave up because you couldn't get in. And he was like, mm. I was bored. I'd had my men away from their families for like, you know, two years. So literally he was like, after 600 days, my men were tired and I was tired. And then he just like pretends to fall asleep and flops off the horse to leave his flip flop, which was yeah. genius. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was awesome. And I also thought it was interesting that Aang couldn't airbend in the spirit world. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Um, I mean, I guess you don't really need to airbend in the spirit world, but it was just like, oh, he can't actually use the air. Okay. Interesting. I think part of it is because it's your like physical body that's connecting with the elements. So when you're in the spirit world, you're not connecting with the elements in the same way. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. I was just yeah. kind of like, huh. Huh. And then poor Sokka is just like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. You've been in the uh, spirit world for 24 hours. How do you feel? I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, a couple more things. I love that um, 
when Aang first tries to talk to the spirit monster, um, he's like, I'm here to help stuff. He's very like, I yeah. have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and Katara and Sokka are like, yo, he's going to get fucked. And the other guy, the elder's like, nah, he's the avatar. He knows what he's doing. And Aang's like, hey, man, yeah. calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. Um, and then what I thought was super cool was, um, so like the spirit of the forest um it was kind of like a parallel for me to Moana Mm -hmm. because like he was upset that they tore down his home so he became an ugly monster and like the same thing happened with the island of Tafiti in Moana I was like Mm -hmm. that is so cool yeah um and then yeah so they they saved the forest and they say whatever and they were like can we like reward you with anything and Sokka's like money and food we need stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and Katara's like dude what and he's like we're literally on an adventure like we we need shit to survive yeah. and then they're like okay fair <laughs> good point cool anything else about that one nope okay chapter eight winter solstice wow winter solstice really wow one more fucking time you got it chapter eight winter solstice part two avatar roku Hell yeah, you did it. Third <laughs> time's a charm. <laughs> uh, okay, so the gang heads to the Fire Nation Crescent Island with Zuko following closely behind. They receive and evade an attack from the Fire Nation, and the nation lets Zuko pass so they will bring them right to the Avatar. Once they get to the temple, the sages, which like defend the temple, um, try to stop them since they obey the Fire Lord. One of the sages, Sheyu? Shayu. Shayu. Uh, helps them to go to the temple to speak to Roku. It comes out that the sages were waiting for Aang to show up for years and were disappointed when he didn't, so they all wanted to serve the Fire Lord. Uh, Shayu never wanted to and knew when the Avatar came he would betray them all. Uh, Sokka and Katara figure out a way to trick the sages into thinking the door to Roku was opened so that they can open the door for Aang, actually, so then at the solstice time Aang can speak to Roku. Uh, Roku tells him that the comet that started the war, that started the war a hundred years ago, will land by summer's end. Summer's end, and Aang must defeat the Fire Lord by mastering all elements before that happens, which is next summer. Um, or there is no hope for the rest of the world. Uh, Roku helps them escape at the end of Solstice by destroying the temple. That's my summary. Oh boy. Yeah. So, um. I love Shayu. He's so cute. And, like, he breaks my heart. I don't know why. It just makes me so sad to think about, like, these monks or whatever at this temple, like, waiting for the next avatar to come, and then he never comes, so then they do the Fire Lord. And just this one, just poor little Shayu hanging out and being like, I know that if this time ever comes, I'm going to betray my fucking, the people that I work with and stuff. And I'm just like, what a good boy. I know he's so and like at first I was like I don't know if you can trust this guy and then he opens the secret door and I was like I mean what choice do you fucking have like let's just go and then yep. you hear more about him and it's like oh oh poor boy right uh my next comment is Susan's comment is back boys <laughs> <laughs> nice so yeah uh, it's called Susan's comment because uh Lord Susan who is Lord Oh my god, I can't remember his name. What the hell? The Fire Lord? Yeah, I can't remember his name now. I, that's gonna drive me nuts. Whatever. Uh, it was his father or his grandfather or something. 
Yeah. Um, and he used the comet 100 years ago to start the war because, as we mentioned earlier, comets make firebenders very, very strong. Yep. And then they named it Sozin's Comet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so the one, my first note was uh, when they're going, like when uh, Aang realizes he has to go into the fire station in the Crescent Island, he doesn't want to bring Sokka and Katara because he's like, if they get hurt, this will be all my fault. Like, this is my thing. And Appa doesn't want to leave without them. I know. He's so cute. I love him. He's like, I don't want to leave them here. Yep. Um, also my next note was, uh, it took me until episode eight to finally realize that the Fire Lord actually banished Zuko, and that's why he's hunting the Avatar, to try and bring him, like, to get himself back. Yeah, so that scar on Zuko's face was actually given to him by his father in an Agni Kaya, which he lost, and that's why he was banished. That's why yeah. Iroh gets all tripped out about him challenging Zhao to an Agni Kaya, because he's like, bro, last time you did this, you got, like, right fucked. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, yeah, well too bad legit and like why it's kind of intense that he won that one because that's kind of a sick moment for him oh yeah and honestly like this show does a really good job of me like wanting to feel for like the enemy because like I feel a lot of feelings for Zuko even though he's an asshole and like it's not cool (laughs) a lot of this show is showing that Obviously, there are true villains. There are people that are in it solely for their personal gain or whatever. But then there's people like Zuko who literally just want the approval of their father and their honor because that's what they're told is important. And then you get to watch them learn whether or not that's what they want kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, My next note was I forgot a note from last episode, so I'll have to go back a little bit. So in the beginning of the last episode, before anything like of importance happens, Katara's like, oh man, the clouds look super fluffy and nice. Like I kind of just want to jump on one and like be in the soft pillow. And Sokka's like, why don't you just do it? So Aang goes, okay. And he jumps through the cloud and like, obviously you can't sit on a cloud. So he falls through and then airbands back up to Appa and he's like all wet and he's like, clouds are made of water. <laughs> like, okay. So the reason I wanted to go back to that was because in this fight, they're on Appa and they launch like 16 fireballs towards him. Um, my thing is like, couldn't Katara just like water bend with the clouds and like put them out? Uh, she could have, but she's not that strong of a water bender yet. Okay. Like, she she randomly does, like, some pretty epic shit. I feel like that's kind of, like, the mom adrenaline thing where, like, you can work a little harder under pressure. So I feel like if she maybe thought of it, she could. Right. I don't know if there would have been enough to do anything. It would have at least, like, dampened them a bit. And I mean, like, there was a lot of goddamn clouds there. I was like, yeah. come on. Like, anyway. part, of me, part of me, too, was even, like, the fireballs going through the clouds. Would that not have been enough to, like, chill them? No, or? I don't think so. Fair enough. Um, it's just like, like, uh, like Aang, vapor water. Aang just came like... back like soaking wet. So I was like, this seems very like, I think I was just for the lulls, but like in the next episode, I, I'm like, why? I think it might come up later on too, where like it comes back around then they're able to use it. I just think she's not powerful enough yet. Okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, but either way, App is a boss ass bitch and just evades all those fucking fireballs. Yep. He's amazing. Um, I love that when they're, like, going through, the fish flies at Sokka, and then Momo gets it, and he's, yeah. it. <laughs> he's like, it's fish! <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Um, I also, my next note, I'm assuming I'm talking about Aang. Oh my god, he airbends the shit out of that fireball. 
I don't quite remember what that note's about, but apparently he airbends the shit out of a fireball. I can't remember. I don't know. But I'm assuming it was just about that fight, and it was really cool. Yeah, I can't remember that specific thing. Um, my next note is, dude, how fucking wild must it be for all these sages to legitimately be seeing Avatar Roku? How wild. Can you imagine? Even, nope. like, for, for Zhao and uh, Zuko and stuff to, like, see Roku walk out of that thing and then just epically wreck shit in, like, oh. the most excellent proportions. Dude, like, he firebend lava from down beneath and it's like... Lava fuck. bending, yo, it's a thing! Literally, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Like, and wow. actually, something that we kind of glazed over, but the um, Shayu mentions it. He's like, um, Roku made these secret caves, and he bent them out of the magma underneath the temple. So he just like cleared out magma to make those temples that they walk, or the the underground tunnels that they walk through. I actually didn't catch that. It's fucking. Sick. It's just like a throwaway comment, but you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> Literally, like that shouldn't be a throwaway comment. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. Um, uh, oh man and then so obviously the gang gets away and so Zhao has all the sages and he basically is like I'm blaming you all for this and calling you all traitors and they're all like but Zhao or Shayu was the only one that betrayed us and he's like I don't give a fuck I lost the avatar and now I need someone to blame for it so congrats and you're like wow yeah the commander is kind of a big dildo he's and a like, big dildo and you kind of knew that too when like I think I had this note earlier and I just was like it doesn't matter but like when they're when Commander and Zuko are fighting the commander basically calls Zuko a coward for not killing him. Mhm. And it's like dude, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> he won. Like he doesn't have to kill you to win. Exactly. Um I also just want to give a shout out to Sokka because like so first of all, oh, Sokka and Katara, um because Aang didn't want them to come, and I know it was for the greater good. Like, he didn't want them to get hurt and whatever, but, like, he literally would not have talked to Roku unless Sokka and Katara were there. Because, Mm -hmm. literally, so, the only way they could open the door to Roku is if a fully realized avatar could, like, airbend it open. Not airbend it, just, like, firebend. uh, It had to be enough firebending to open it. Or they needed the five sages. Or they needed the five sages, right. So then um, Sokka, like, fucking homebrews these, like, explosives, five of them, to go off at the same time into the firebending, like, spots. And I was like, dude, that is so smart. But then it doesn't work. So we're like, oh, fuck, like, what are we going to do? And then Katara's like, wait, but it looks like it worked. Like, you could totally, like, just trick them into thinking that. And I was like... You guys are so fucking smart. So like, smart. If that if I was in that situation or that like if I was playing D D and that was our our go to and it didn't work, we'd be like, we're fucked. <laughs> like, literally, yeah. we'd be like, okay, I guess we're leaving. <laughs> yeah, good show, guys. Good show. <laughs> yeah, no, Katara and Sokka are just like the best. They're brilliant. Uh, the only other thing I had to say was. I love when they were escaping from the temple because Appa's a boss ass bitch. Um, but Momo stole a Fire Nation helmet, was wearing it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Momo just steals shit all the time. It's so funny. I just, everything he does, I'm like, how can I love you more than I already do? But like, this is what's happening. I just yeah. love you so much. He's excellent. Uh, my last note for that is just the the last shot in the episode is like them flying away and they're like silhouetted against the moon. 
and like Aang's kind of sitting off to the side and Katara and Sokka are over here and then like Katara gets up and kind of moves closer and then Sokka gets up and moves closer. It's just this sweet little shot and you're like, oh, because you're like, that was an epic battle, but also Aang just found out he's got to master all the elements in like less than a year or literally everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah. And like a 12 year old mastering, like mm-hmm. it's messed up. Like Roku's literally like, it will take years to master each element, but you don't have years, so gotta do it. <laughs> Get with it, kid. Let's go. <laughs> Literally, it's like, what the fuck? Okay. Uh, cool. So, on to chapter nine. Yes. So, chapter nine, the waterbending scroll. Uh, by the way, this was one of my favorite episodes, actually. I just really? loved it a lot. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of, like, notes for this one, but I put a lot in the summary just because I thought, like, a lot of stuff happened, and... I think I just love Katara, so, like, this was a heavy Katara episode, I think, and I just loved it. And I also feel like, not to bring it back to D&D again, but, like, as much as we like the fights and shit, like, the weird episodes where we just go off and do dumb shit and, like, it turns into a catastrophe because of, like, whatever thing and then how we deal with it, they usually end up being the favorites. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so the gang stop in a pond area to practice waterbending. Katara teaches Aang the three moves she knows very quickly, and she gets jealous of his skills. Uh, they end up in the village because Aang waterbends their supplies down the river. So they come upon a pirate ship with a waterbending scroll. They don't have enough money for it, so Katara steals it, and the gang gets away from the pirates. Uh, Katara says she steals it for Aang, but it's realized that Katara really stole it so she could learn more. She gets upset when Aang tries to help her with bending, because obviously she's the one trying to teach him, so she flips out, um... Also, Zuko and Uncle Iroh end up in the same village and at that pirate ship. So they hear that the gang was there, so he teams up with the pirates to find to find them. Uh, when everyone is sleeping, she starts practicing again, and the pirates and Zuko hear her and capture her. Zuko offers, offers her mother's necklace in exchange for Aang's whereabouts, but she refuses. Aang and Sokka wake up and help Katara, and Sokka convinces the pirates to try and barter money for Aang instead of the scroll, and then a big fight breaks out. Uh, during the fight, Aang and Katara waterbend the pirate's ship in the water to escape. Uh, and the pirates steal the Fire Nation's ship to get theirs back. They end up escaping because Appa is the best character of the entire season and the episode. Yes! <laughs> it should be called the Appa and Momo show, honestly. They yeah. could make a sideshow about what Momo and Appa are doing while all this other shit is yes. going on. And I would watch it so fucking hard. Literally, they're just like chilling, hanging out, and being like, oh, fuck, they need help again? God like, damn it, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Um, uh, <laughs> just Uncle Iroh rerouting to go get that lotus tile is my favorite thing ever. My first note was, oh my god, just for the lotus tile. I just love for it. the lotus tile. The lotus tile that was in his sleeve the whole time. And so yeah. he was like, Iroh, did you know the avatar was here? Like, are you just fucking around? That's hmm. true. But I also can't put it, I wouldn't put it past Iroh to just be like, yo, I don't know where my lotus tile is. We have to stop and get one. Like, I don't oh, give a yeah. fuck what bigger mission's going on. And, like, a lot of Iroh's thing is trying to stop Zuko from being so focused on, like, getting his honor back and shit. So I think he's also trying to get Zuko to just kind of, like, let loose. And he's like, oh, let's just, like, stop here because I need a thing, you know? Huh? Whatever. Yeah, and then it's like, cool. cool. Let's go through the fire shirt. Yeah, legit. Um, when they're practicing waterbending, them streaming the water, oh, my God, was yeah. so cool. 
like watching them actually kind of learn and like talk about how they do it and stuff. And he's like, you got to shift your motion back and forth with it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, when, when the gang is fighting against the pirates and they fucking, the cabbage dude is back. And he's yeah. like, this place is worse than Omashu. I was like, yes. Yes. I love it. Um, I just have a note that's like sad at Katara for getting mean with Anne for mean with Ang for being so naturally good, but also like I get it, girl. Yeah, like that's and that's honestly a big part of why I think it was one of my favorite episodes because like Katara freaks out, and I could honestly kind of see myself doing that too, where it's like, and this is where I was saying like I can be kind of sensitive sometimes because like if I'm showing someone something that I worked really hard to do and it took me forever and someone got it in like 0.2 seconds, I'd be like. Okay, fuck you okay, too. Okay, fucking Houdini over here. Goddamn. Literally, it's like <laughs> I I get it, but it, yeah, it's not. It's also not Ang's fault. And poor Ang's face when she. I, yeah, Aang. you just like Ang. I know. Stop, boy. <laughs> it's rough. Um, and like when you think about it, like water bending, she's like, I'm pretty sure her and Sokka are like 14 or 15. I want to say at this point, like they're a little older than Ang. So like she spent her whole life in that dumb little village with no other waterbenders around figuring out that she can do it and like Sokka's like chirped her for it the whole time and he's like oh water magic like no one takes it seriously yeah so I feel like for her to find Aang and like have someone to take bending seriously with her is like oh my god dope but then he's just better than her at it and she's like oh well and there was a sweet moment when she's like man that move took me like two months and Aang's like well you were learning it all on your own and I had a great Mm -hmm. teacher I was like oh and she's just like thanks, and you're like, oh, Aang. I know. So cute. Um, what what something that made me LOL really hard was when they had Katara, and they were like capturing them and trying to figure out like Aang for the scroll and whatever. Um, Katara was just like, this is all my fault, and Aang was like, no, it's not. And Uncle Iroh was like, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. I was like, not even a situation, and he's like, no, it's totally your fault. Yeah, I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna be here and tell the truth. It's your fault. <laughs> Also, like, Sokka is the Iroh of that group, because it's so funny when Sokka's trying to, like, kid them around, and Iroh's like, yo, 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 <laughs> I know that shtick, he's trying to fuck with us. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, man. Yep, so good. Fucking Sokka. So, yeah, Sokka's the savior of that episode, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Alpha. Um, and, oh, yes, I have the note at the end, because earlier in the episode, also, uh, Aang spends a bunch of money on a whistle and, like, doesn't really explain it. He's like, I got this cool whistle, and then it doesn't work to them. And they're like, okay, we're we're going to keep the money from now on. And it's, like, this weird, the dynamic that they bring back of, like, them treating Aang like a child kind of thing. Yeah. And then when they need to be saved, he pulls out his whistle, and he blows it, and Appa comes and saves them, and then he turns the whistle, and it's a little bison, and he's like, I knew a bison whistle would come in handy, and you're like, boy? Yeah. Boy. Actually, I, so, that was my fault that I missed that, because I was writing a note, and I looked up, and I just saw Katara be like, we'll take the money from now on, so I didn't actually know what he spent the money on, so that was my bad. I totally missed that. He literally comes back, and he's like, I bought a whistle, and they're like, okay, and then he blows it, and it doesn't make sound, and they're like, so you wasted our money on a whistle that doesn't fucking work? Like, what the hell? No, okay. And then, yeah, yeah, so my note is, uh, so often this show will have something, we'll have someone chastise Aang for being childish, and then it turns out to be a benefit to them in the end. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. So chapter 10, which is the last chapter for this episode. Yes. It's literally just called Jet. 
Which, like, <laughs> this, the episode started, and I was like, Jet, the yeah. fuck? And then it started going, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Jet. This, <laughs> this was also one of my favorite episodes. This one was really good. Um, so the gang starts walking through the forest because Sokka's instincts tell him they'll be safer instead of flying Appa. Uh, they walk right into a Fire Nation camp and a fight breaks out, but they are saved by a group of fighters called the Freedom Fighters. They have a hideout in the treetops and fight against Fire Nation people. Uh, Katara and the leader, Jet, have a little romance going on, uh, but Sokka sees something in Jet that's concerning. He witnesses him attack an old man just because he's Fire Nation, but the old man wasn't doing anything threatening. Uh, Sokka said that's wrong and Jet denies him and says he's Fire Nation and was sent to kill me. Uh, when Sokka tries to tell Katara and Aang they believe Jet because once they hear Fire Nation they're like ooh that's bad. Uh, Jet asks Katara and Aang to help waterbend for their big mission but what they don't know is Jet is going to let the innocent town die to take down the Fire Nation. Sokka realizes this first and they try to capture him but he escapes and warns the villagers to leave before the dam is broken. So Sokka is the hero of that episode. Mm-hmm. And I like that this show does a really good job of being like, these people are obviously not chill with Fire Nation people and they're indiscriminately judging them because they're Fire Nation people. And then lo and behold, at the end of the episode, we turn out that that's not the best uh, option for that, you know? Yeah, legit. It's just like the Fire Nation sage. Yeah, he was Fire Nation and we were sus- suspicious of him at first, but he ended up, saving them and mm-hmm. helping them get Roku. And again with this old man, uh, when Sokka goes to the town and tries to warn the villagers, they're all like, oh no, he can't be trusted. But the old man's like, nah, dude, like he tried to save me against these masochists. Like we mm-hmm. need to listen to him. We got to leave the town. So like, it's cool that like, yeah, just because that person is from that group doesn't mean they're a horrible person. Yeah. And I, I like have, I have another parallel to talk about that, but uh, I'll talk about it in a minute. Oh, boy. Uh, I was just going to say, I like that it did get to the point where, like, obviously, I and Katara figured out that that's what was going on and they were breaking the dam. But it ended up being too late for them to actually realize. And so they had that moment where they thought that they had helped these people flood this town and kill all these people. And then they found out that Sokka actually got them out. And it was like, oh, fuck. Okay, like, that's good. But also, what the fuck? Like, what did we just do? I know, right? Like, it's, (laughs) oh, my God. It's it's rough. It's really rough, honestly. Um, I actually, my last note for the episode was poor Katara, her first abusive boyfriend. Oh, no. <laughs> he was so... Girl, he gaslighting you. <laughs> yeah, gaslighting, manipulative, uh, lying. Like, oh, poor Katara. That's poor a Katara. rough... That's a rough first abusive rough. boyfriend to have. <laughs> oh, um, God, Katara actually went through a lot of waterbending development in this episode, too. Like, mm-hmm. she waterbend, uh, started waterbending from her canteen. Um, she freezes Jet to the tree, which yeah, was Yeah, that's cool. the first time that she's able to, like, freeze something. And it's cool to watch her just, like, do these things naturally. Like, they're not moves that she learns. She just kind of, like, intuitively does it. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, when the water starts to destroy the town, the cabbages go down. Yep. Notice that? Yeah, okay. Yep. Cabbages. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, also, my God. I have a note here that's just in all caps Momo, no. And I don't know what it's about. Momo did something stupid. It's early in my notes, so it's like the beginning of the episode, I think. Oh. 
I can't think of anything in particular that Momo did this episode, so I have Me no either. idea what it's about. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea. Um, the, uh, the only really other note I had was um, earlier in the episode, I had Katara and Jet with the hard eyes emoji. <laughs> and then near the end of the one, I have Katara and Jet with, like, the grimace emoji, like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Katara, ugh. <laughs> Rough. Yeah. Yeah, I've realized that I can use emojis in my notes, and I don't know why, but that's, like, really fun to me. You didn't think you could before? I, I knew I could, I just never did, really. Uh, but then, like, one of my notes from the part one winter solstice was, like, little panda forest spirit with, like, a bunch of the little pink double hearts. Aw. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so that's all I had for that episode. But what I thought, like, what we were talking about before with, like, just because that person's from this thing doesn't make them a bad person. Um, You've watched Iron Fist, right? The Marvel show on Netflix? Yes. So... This is spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it, but basically <laughs> uh, Danny Rand is Iron Fist and he, I'm not going to get into too much, too many specifics, but like his big thing is to protect Kunlun, his hometown from these people, the hand. And he ends up coming back to earth to find the hand and really reconnect with his childhood. But he says it's to find the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up meeting this girl, Colleen and they fall in love and they're all like, you know, happy And then he finds out that Colleen was raised by the hand and that like, she is basically part of the hand, but like all of their morals, values, like everything is the same, but she was brought up under the hand. So he's like immediately like, I can't trust you. You're awful. And she's like, but if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't think that I would do all the things that the hand is doing. Like there's different sections of the hand Mm -hmm. and I'm part of the good section, which she was brainwashed and she wasn't, but it doesn't make her a bad person. It doesn't, matter, yeah. it doesn't make her a bad person because all of like, if you took out that aspect of her being raised of the hand, like her and Danny were the same. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that like, sometimes just because someone's raised in a certain way or because, you know, they seem to be part of that group, doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. That's called uh, discrimination friends. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't really blame, like, I didn't really blame Jet for thinking that the Fire Nation guy went to kill him. Because, you know, in a way, you almost have to think of, like, like Jet's Jet and his gang of, like, the Freedom Fighters, all of their villages were taken over by Fire Nation. A lot of people got killed by Fire Nation. So mm-hmm. his first instinct when he sees a Fire Nation is going to be that he's going to die. Like, I, I kind of don't blame him in a way, but he also needs to grow up. Yeah. It, yeah, I feel like it speaks to, like, a lot of the trauma that they've experienced so far, but then also, like, what they need to do to kind of deal with that. Yeah, exactly. Whew, okay. Yeah. We got, we got through our first Avatar episode. Whew, ten episodes. I, I feel like next time we should just go into the episodes. <laughs> yeah, we don't need a quiz or anything to find out anything. We can just We can just go into the episodes. That's fine. Yeah. Cause, and I was telling Megan, I was like, man, I have a lot of notes for these episodes. This is going to be packed. Like, it went from originally 10 episodes to we were like, okay, maybe five. And then like, I looked at the episode count and there's like 20 ish episodes per season and there's three seasons. So I was like, yo, if we do five episodes at a time, that's going to be too many episodes. Well, that's going to take us like three years. I don't <laughs> know how long. And like, three that years. I ended episode 10 and then I stopped it and I was like, fuck, I want to keep watching. Like I fucking yeah. love it. 
It's a very good show. It was really hard to stop after the Jet episode. Yeah, especially because that's like, it's a filler episode, but it's not a filler episode. Like, it's an interesting filler. And I yeah. love that about the show, too, because even the filler episodes are still story important and they're important to like the growth of the people kind of going along even the beach episodes are end up being like important like there's a whole thing that I'm thinking of later on that we'll get to but yeah oh my God. is this why you want to go to the beach so bad in the collective I mean animes in general just have like a beach episode trope so like this is just a thing I want a fucking beach episode <laughs> but <laughs> I also want to go to a fancy ball at some point I've mentioned that to our lovely DM, and I'm like, I, I don't know if you planned on this being a thing, but I want a Yule Ball. I was going to say, like a Yule Ball. want yeah. a Yule Ball, you fuck. <laughs> I love it. We're going to be in school for, what, four years? There better be one fucking ball, man. Yep, at least. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> oh, all right, uh, join us next week for whatever. Yeah, we'll we'll figure <laughs> it out later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bye. Bye.